0: Bob Bernie Bernie Live, Live. looking at today's news through a biblical worldview. Thank you, and welcome again to Bob Bernie Live here in Columbus, Ohio, and also in Washington, D.C. Well, we are still trying to digest the uh, results of the election last night. Uh, Sadly and unfortunately, in many races across the country, we still don't know what the results are. And I am not an election expert, but I think that is a tragedy. There is no reason with the technology that we have around the world and in America today, there is no excuse for not knowing where we're at in this election And I'm not even going to go into uh, the reasons or or whatever. But many, many, many conservatives today are downtrodden, distraught. Uh, So many people were uh, predicting a red wave across America. Uh, Conservatives, Republicans, were going to take over the House by wide margins. Uh, We were going to retake the Senate there was going to be this massive tsunami of reds sweeping across our country. Well, it didn't happen. And to be really honest, I didn't think it would. Uh, I, again, I'm not a political expert. I'm not a pollster. I, I just didn't think it was going to happen, and, and it didn't. But I want to share something with you in the final two segments of the program today. That I think, my opinion, are the most important things that we need to consider in analyzing where do we go from here? What are the lessons that we learn? Something I say in my program continuously, I say it every day in the open to my program. The answers to America's future do not lie in the halls of Congress or the White House, or in the next election. If you were listening yesterday, I tried to remind all of us, no matter what happened in the election, the real answer to America's issues, America's problems, is spiritual. Now, we say that, and we say we believe it, and yet it seems that so often conservative Christians put all of their emphasis in the political system. It's important. Elections are important. But if we really believe that the issues of the day are not political, but spiritual, then why is it that in many cases we put far more emphasis on elections and the politics and so forth than we do on what's happening spiritually in our congregation, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our communities, and in the nation as a whole. Christians, particularly conservative Christians, love to quote 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. But I don't know that many people really understand the context. You know 714 says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I've got to be very quick, but let me give you the context in case you don't know or maybe you have forgotten. In Second Chronicles chapter 7, we are introduced to literally the glory days of of the nation of Israel. David the king, arguably the greatest king that Israel ever had, the man after God's own heart, had an unfulfilled dream. That unfulfilled dream was to build the temple. David said, I live in this magnificent house, and God is living in a tent. He was referring to the tabernacle. And he asked God if he could build the temple, a a house for worship where God could come down. And God refused to allow him to do that because he was a man of blood. But he allowed his son Solomon to do it. And if you study scripture and history, David spent the final years of his life preparing for the temple that Solomon would build. And Solomon, indeed, under the direction of God, did build this magnificent structure called the temple. The architecture, the gold, the silver were simply breathtaking in their beauty. Probably one of the most spectacular structures ever built on this earth. But it was just that. It was a building. It was a structure until God came down. The presence of God, the Shekinah glory, came down and filled the temple, and then it became the temple of God. Then it became something special, and that's what's happening here in Second Chronicles chapter seven. And they have basically a seven-day celebration of the presence of God, when the presence of God came down. Immediately, everyone fell. On their knees or prostrate before the glory of God. And the presence of God validated the purpose of the temple. Well, I see some parallels between that and America. Now, what do I mean by that? All of our founding fathers acknowledged that God had uniquely raised up this nation. The result? The United States of America, the most incredible political structure ever built. Is it equal with Israel? Of course not. But our founding fathers gave God credit and acknowledged that he was the creator and all of our, our rights came from him and not government. That was the political structure that they built, and then I believe God came down And no modern nation has experienced the blessings of God like the United States of America. And through most of our history, God has been a part of our government. God has been a part of our schools. Presidents, senators, representatives spoke openly of the presence of God in America's founding and affairs. Presidents would, quote, at length, Scripture. And when things went wrong... Presidents like Abraham Lincoln would call the entire nation not just to pray, but to fast and even to repent before God. Sometime read the Thanksgiving Declaration of Abraham Lincoln. Well, today, our government has rejected God. Today, our schools have rejected God. And it's similar to the circumstance that God speaks to Solomon about in Second Chronicles chapter 7, here they have just had a seven-day celebration of God's blessing upon the temple. And then God comes to Solomon and says, I know my people. I know they won't continue to do this, and I know they will turn their back on me. And then I will be forced to bring judgment upon them. I will be forced to bring enemies to defeat them. I will be forced to bring pestilence and disease to get their attention. And when I am forced to do that, here is the answer. Here is what you need to do. And that's the prescription. That's the Rx that God gives to Solomon in Second Chronicles 7.14. Well, that's exactly where we are as a nation. And I believe this prescription works today as well. We'll be right back. Talk radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live. Thank you, and welcome again to Bob Bernie Live for this um, final segment of the program, this post election segment. And again, welcome to our listeners in Columbus and our listeners in Washington, D.C. Before the break, I tried to give you the context of the verse of Scripture that we love to quote, 2 Chronicles 7.14, but we often don't understand the context. God is giving to Solomon in 2 Chronicles 7.14 what to do, what is the prescription if God's people turn their back on God and the blessings of God are lost, and rather they are under the judgment of God, what are they to do? Well, here's the prescription. Well, there is not a direct parallel between Israel and America. There's no doubt about that. But you cannot deny the hand of God, God's blessing upon this nation through most of our history. But now we have come to a place. Where, as a whole, and it was demonstrated in the election yesterday, the number of states that passed legislation to codify the killing of innocent unborn babies. We have turned from God. And if God gave a prescription, an RX, to Israel, I believe that we can use the same prescription for America today. And here it is. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal heal their land. The nation of Israel at this time was surrounded by a bunch of heathen, pagans, godless, God-denying people. And yet God ignored them and said, if my people which are called by my name. I have read a lot of analysis of the election today from the conservative side. Not all Christian conservatives, but the conservative side and many conservative Christians. And almost everything I have read has been about those evil, wicked Democrats, those evil, wicked liberals. They did this, they said this, they did this, the liberals did this, The liberals have fixed the elections. The liberals have control of the media. And you know what? I think much of what they're saying is true. But I haven't yet, and I hope that I will, but I have not yet read anything from a Christian conservative viewpoint that says, listen, it's us. It's the church. We have failed to win people to Christ, we have, we have failed to disciple people. We have failed to win the hearts of people. Listen, all of this stuff about abortion is not about politics and legalities and law. Oh, that enters into it. But it's spiritual. This is a spiritual issue, this is a biblical issue. The issues is about the family and marriage and gender confusion is not ultimately about laws and rules and legislation and politics. It is ultimately about the authority of Scripture. And we, the Christian community, the evangelical community, the Bible-believing community, we have not done a very good job of winning hearts and minds, Now, again, please understand me. I'm not saying we are to ignore the political realm. But my goodness, people, I know so many Christians who care little about what's going on at their church, but boy, are they concerned about what's happening in the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, this election, that election, and so on and so forth. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, humble themselves, humble themselves. If my people, which are called by my name. Now, I am not a fan of leftist political ideology. I say it on my program continually. Everything the liberal progressive left touches, they kill. They destroy. And I believe that. And I try to expose the error of the liberal progressive left. But what about the sin in our camp? What about the lack of revival and prayer and repentance among us? Today, post-election, rather than spending so much time trying to evaluate why did we lose, Why didn't we win bigger? What could we have done better in this campaign and that campaign? How about spending some real time in true repentance? Oh, God, let a revival begin at my church. Let a revival begin in my heart. Let a revival begin in my home. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. And look at this. Seek my face. Honest question. Are you really seeking God's face? And I mean, seek it like seeking treasure. I remember the story of a treasure hunter who was trying to find a Spanish galleon off the coast of Florida. He was convinced that he could find it. And there was probably billions of dollars worth of gold And he became obsessed and consumed with finding it. He almost lost his life twice diving. His own son died in a diving accident trying to find the treasure. He lost his marriage. He lost his family. But he wouldn't quit. He pursued it. And he finally found the Spanish galleon because he was consumed with seeking it. What if we would become consumed and obsessed with seeking the face of God, and then turn from their wicked ways. Whose wicked ways? Well, the Democrats, of course. No, 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 no. Second Chronicles 7.14 is talking about the wicked ways of God's people. You mean to tell me that we do not have wickedness in our group? We don't have wickedness in our churches? Are you trying to tell me that there is absolutely no wickedness in your heart? I'm not trying to tell you there's no wickedness in my heart. Humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, repentance. You see this promise in 2nd Chronicles 7:14 is an if then proposition. Some of the promises and covenants that God makes are unconditional. The promise that God made to Abraham concerning the nation of Israel was an unconditional promise. But this has a condition. It is if then. God says, if you will do this, then I will do this. And here's my point. The very future of America is in the hands of God's people. Elections are important, but elections come, elections go, sometimes we win, sometimes we lose, sometimes our candidate wins, sometimes our candidate doesn't. But the real key here, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Then, when, when God's people, Get on their faces. Then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and listen to this, and will heal their land. Our land desperately needs to be healed. And my friend, you and I, the Church of Jesus Christ, hold in our hands the potential for healing of America. Prayer. Repentance, turning from wickedness. Oh, I wish I had more time. I'm out. Have a wonderful evening, but please remember whose you are. Listen, listen, think, think, think discern, discern